Good morning. My most beloved book is The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett. You probably know, but the main character is a little girl who was born in India in the early 1900s. After the death of her parents in a cholera epidemic, she's sent to England to live with her uncle. When he asks her if she needs anything, she replies, might I have a bit of earth? I have been shaped for as long as I can remember by my desire for a bit of earth. Frederick Beekner said, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Our place is a 10-acre farm in Conestoga, ours to protect, sustain, and restore. In this place, we steward the land and animals as well as our own physical, mental, and spiritual health. The earth is suffering. In the face of overwhelming grief and worry over climate change, species die off, the destruction of natural spaces, the deterioration of the soil, the transformation of natural resources, and pollution on a grand scale, we ask, what is our response? Our small daily acts on the farm offer a life-giving counterpoint. Here we embrace the idea that the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. God created the beauty that surrounds us every single day. Caring for a small property full-time allows us to really see the everyday holiness of God's creation. A small example, I went out one night in the dark <clears throat> to tend to the animals. In my headlamp, I saw thousands of tiny pinpricks of light in the grass. So mysterious. When I looked closely, I saw that each set of pinpricks was a quarter-inch spider hard at work. God created those thousands of spiders with the tiniest eyes you can imagine. And my responsibility is to be in healthy relationship with them and everything else as best I can. As Psalm 104 said, the grass grows for the cattle, the plants sustain us, the trees are well watered, the birds make their nests and sing. It is all there every day. In this place, we have hope. A woman farmer I follow online wrote this much better than I could say it. Hope in the care and love of a particular place a spot of land between the waters, to tend and listen and try, to do good work and help heal where we can, to grow our own food and medicine, to love animals and the good earth. Hope in the face of disaster is a radical act, but it is all each of us has. To hope for something better because you have no other choice, because this is your home and you love her. In this place, we also share the lives of others across the globe. The deep care of our small part of creation is part of a bigger movement. People all over the world are using regenerative agriculture practices to protect, sustain, and restore God's creation. Reading the recent issue of MCC's A Common Place, I learned that MCC workers are helping farmers experiment with techniques they can use to nurture the soil and mitigate climate change 
many of the same techniques we are using here. We are nourished by sharing these practices with farmers near and far. We are not experts by any means. We are slowly learning and applying what we can. To be honest, I almost never know exactly what I'm doing. Most days, I gladly tend my bit of earth, and then I run into the house and look up all the questions that have come up. Will the blueberries thrive if I put wood ash under them? No. What are the signs of a pregnant goat? Still can't tell. What are these spiny caterpillars on the milkweed, and what can they tell me? They're milkweed moths. Chuck is going to tell you more about a few things we've learned as we put down roots on our farm. Down. a bit of earth. I was quite happy being a city person. Sue started nudging me to consider moving to a space with a bit of land and sunshine for her to work with, and five years ago we made that leap. I had long-time interest in earth stewardship and creation care, but it was mostly, I was mostly supportive of other people doing the workload that caring requires. I didn't have any knowledge or skills in plants and animals before becoming a farmer, and I still have very little. But one of the unexpected surprises of our experiment so far is that you can be, learn on the job that you can observe and learn directly from nature. I'll describe some of the wide varieties of areas, opportunities, and challenges that greet us every day. There's no exaggeration to say that we don't think in terms of work days and weekends, of workplace and home place anymore. Everything runs together, but in a good way. God's creation is no longer compartmentalized for us. It is interwoven into our lives. I'll present some, I'll present some uh, visuals. If we can get the lights down a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. So this is an aerial photo of the land that we bought. The, the area marked in red is 10 acres. Roughly half of that is wooded. When we bought the land, the lower half was used to grow corn every year for the past four decades. Within a, within a week of owning the property, we had a heavy rainfall. Looking out our window, this is what we saw. Our 10 acres is sloped, and when sloped land has been cleared away to grow nothing but corn, the ground doesn't retain water, it runs off, and it carries with it whatever topsoil might remain on the land. So an unexpected item got added to our list learn about watershed management. The next photo here shows the corn as it is driving, drying. Sorry. As soon as it was harvested, I started working on building a water catchment area to hold in some of the rain water. But the next step was even more important. Bare packed clay doesn't allow moisture to seep in. Instead, it runs off like it would on asphalt we needed, we needed to rejuvenate the cultivated acreage. So we began collecting composted manure from a horse owner. We'd bring it to our farm and spread it out to begin work on improving the organic content. Earlier this year, Netflix showed a well-done documentary called Kiss the Ground, and we'd encourage all of you to watch this. 
you'll learn that there is dirt and there is soil. Dirt is dead, soil is a living thing. Soil traps carbon from the atmosphere. We hear all the time about planting trees to, to trap carbon, but all plant activity captures carbon. And the fungal networks that develop in healthy, untilled soil retains carbon. So we started working to convert our dirt into soil. The next year, we planted a cover crop with high biomass, tall, thick plants like sunflowers that collect carbon and then become part of the topsoil when they decompose. And we also began work on trees. We have five acres of trees, and most of them are in good shape. But we started to notice that not all green leaves high up off the ground are tree leaves. This picture is difficult to discern, but those are 50-foot-tall pine trees. You can't see a single pine needle because those trees are engulfed in vines. The vines block the sunlight from the tree and rapidly kill the tree. So I spent a few months cutting down vines. We also worked at planting new trees. Here are our neighbor girls, Zoe and Luxie, standing in the former cornfield, helping Sue plant that skinny little sapling. A few years later, and it's a full-size peach tree bearing a huge amount of fruit. We also incorporated animals into our regenerative plans. The first year, we started with chickens. They free-range from dawn till dusk, wandering around the farm, finding food anywhere and everywhere. The next year, we added three goats and one steer, and that pasture and fencing you see is what the previous year had been a barren cornfield. A mix of grasses and clover hold down and aerate the soil while providing a food source for the animals, and, a manu and the manure from those animals gets incorporated right back into the same soil. Dirt rapidly becomes soil, holding in carbon and rainwater. The next year, we had baby goats increase the size of our herd to nine, and we've increased to having two or three cattle at a time. Bees are essential for pollinating a wide variety of plants, and, our current, and, our, and bee populations are currently in decline. So we added this to our list of creation care activities and asked Dirk for guidance in, to get started raising bees. The bees help pollinate fruit, fruit trees and flowers, and they provide us with honey. The cattle provide us with beef, the goats we milk, the chickens provide us with eggs, the trees provide us with fruit, the crops provide us with vegetables. It's all a symbiotic relationship. As we care for nature, nature provides for us. Instead of food traveling by truck or airplane to, to, our, to our table, it travels by wheelbarrow. It has been five years of hard work, full of learning and full of satisfaction. It has made us much more directly aware of the importance of caring for the natural environment that surrounds us and provides for us. Good morning. Oh, I can take this off, sorry. Um, my name is June Gamedine, um, and I'll be sharing a little bit about yeah, my life and my life with my husband, Ethan. Um, but first, I want to start with a poem by Mary Oliver. My work is loving the world. 
My work is loving the world. Here the sunflowers, they're the hummingbirds, equal seekers of sweetness. Here the quickening yeast, they're the blue plums. Here the clam deep in the speckled sand. Are my boots old? Is my coat torn? Am I no longer young and still not half perfect? Let me keep my mind on, that, on what matters, which is my work, which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. The Phoebe, the Delphinium, the sheep in the pasture, and the pasture, which is mostly rejoicing since the ingredients are here, which is gratitude to be given a mind and a heart and these body clothes, a mouth with which to give shouts of joy to the moth and the wren, to the sleepy dug up clam, telling them all over and over how it is that we live forever. Okay, so just a little bit on how I became interested in um, the Creation Care Committee here at East Chestnut Street. Um, I grew up in a rural, rural three-acre home with woods behind us that my sisters and I spent countless hours riding our pony and taking our dogs on walks. I spent a lot of time outdoors and with many, many animals. My mother especially had a love of flowers and trees and beauty. It was an amazing childhood. Learning about responsibility through caring for the animals, building forts for the barn cats out of hay and straw so that the cats had places to stay warm during the cold winter months. Um, the delivery of chicks in cardboard boxes um, during the summer months so that we could earn a little more money. As I grew up, I learned about the rest of the world, highly influenced by my sister Linda and her husband Titus living in Laos while I was in high school. I broadened my horizons and spent a year and a half in Nicaragua, traveling to the small towns um, throughout the country with Witness for Peace, learning all about the complexities of war and the damage and destruction that it causes both to the land and to the humans, be it physical, social, economic, and emotional. I came back from the experience of trying to influence U.S. foreign policy, wanting to do something more concrete. Ethan and I, at this point, joined forces and lived on an intentional farming community in Chester County, Pennsylvania. We lived on the Kimberton Hills Farm, which is an anthroposophical biodynamic farm, which also supports about 100 people, half of those being people um, with different abilities. Biodynamic farming um, will always feel to me like organic farming practices with, an, with the addition of meditation. Um, we can talk more about that later, but um, my mornings were spent walking to the loopy tree, which was a gorgeous, gorgeous um, weeping beech tree, which was a big focal point in the farm. Um, yeah, we would do things like picking chamomile flowers in the herb garden, and occasionally I need to be reminded to you know, view the world through my chamomile flower glasses. Um, shelling peas in a circle under large oak trees, picking green beans, making pickles, processing corn, etc. Ethan assisted in the planting and weeding and care of the field vegetables, carrots, beets, potatoes, onions, and sweet potatoes. 
as well as caring for a flock of 60 Lincoln ewes. Um, we learned about spinning and felting and weaving wool. We developed a wintertime program of processing wool. I imagine, imagine sitting in a wood fire heated stone spring house um, with natural dyes and beautiful wool on people that helped me to remember the truly important things in life, kindness, respect, and tolerance. We felt tied to nature. I can go on and on, but we were in our late 20s and thoughts about careers were pressing. Ethan chose the path of mental health and crisis intervention, and I, motivated by my love of people with different abilities, chose a career in physical therapy, concentrating in early intervention, assisting children and their families that have developmental delays um, maximize their potential. Whether it's helping a young mother learn to assist her child um, with slight developmental delays of maybe not tolerating tummy time, not wanting to roll, um, ha having a fear of movement. Um, two, working with children who have significant motor challenges um, related to things as cerebral palsy or perhaps a genetic disorder which leaves them with little understanding of their bodies and how to make their bodies move. Lancaster County is wondrous in its, its diversity, socially, economically, economic, and, and ethnic, not to mention the beauty of the rolling fields, farms, and woods. The caring of the natural world had taken a back seat to, to caring for Lancaster County's children. When we were asked to join the Creation Care Committee, it felt like a good fit to again um, have a place to work on the stewardship of the earth. Now let me talk about um, what caring for creation um, through the Creation Care Committee has meant. Um, I know that many of you already are aware of that, of what we have been doing in the last number of years, but I thought I would just recap because I'm sure there are some people that are new or maybe you just missed, you know, the things that are happening. Um, in 2019, we put in the charging stations for a total cost of almost $10,000. Uh, we were able to recover nearly all but $25 of that $10,000 um, um, using the, drew, we drew on the Drive PA Forward grant, um, which is the Volkswagen diesel reparations um, from when they were falsifying their emissions. Um, that took care of about 80% or $8,000, and the rest came from the Mennonite Creation Care Network. Um, we wrote letters to Congress encouraging the development of a carbon tax to, assass, ass, to assist in using our capitalist government to move more quickly to reduce carbon outputs. Um, we funded the planting of trees in our neighborhood. Many of them you can see out here on Chestnut Street. Um, we canvassed and worked with a group called Lancaster Tree Tenders um, to um, plant those trees, to have those trees planted. We paid the large majority of what those costs were. Um, and then we made an in-kind donation to um, MCC and their um, Trees for Haiti project um, to um, you know, to hopefully build some equity for a part of the world that's going to be much, feel much more the impact of climate change than what we will here in Lancaster County. 
We funded the ability of Regional, um, Eric Souter's startup company, um, to do a carbon inventory of all of Lancaster County so that they have data to start from um, as they move forward and hopefully try to influence um, and bring down the amount of carbon that goes into the world. Um, we weren't afraid to dream big. Um, we developed a program called the, we called, call it the Conestoga Dream Project. Um, and the hope was to reforest the area along the Conestoga Greenway Trail by energizing community partners to this need. And planting happily will begin this spring. Where Lisa and Bob Herr um, helped to set up a um, meeting with Bethel AME Church um, and linking them with appropriate community partners here in Lancaster so that they can also build their green infrastructure. We have joined the Interfaith Partners for the Chesapeake, which supports and provides green team trainings and ideas for future projects. If this is at all interesting to you, they are offering a training um, in February. Most recently, we are partnering, we, most recently and most excitingly, um, we are partnering with the church board um, to allow East Chestnut Street to partner with Akron Mennonite Church um, to um, allow for green burials. More will be coming on this, um, but this is, that's fresh off the press. Um, how have we done all of these things? All of this has been made possible through our voluntary gas tax, as well as donations to the Creation Care Committee. We encourage members to pay 50 cents per gallon that they use in their cars. You can keep track of it in your glove compartment or however you feel best to do that. Um, and at recent community events um, in Hamilton Park, Grandview Church, and that recent slow ride where we were out here um, talking about what our Creation Care Committee is doing, this gas tax is held in very high esteem. People are really fascinated by this, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, just as a great way of building our awareness um, of our own personal use of carbon. Um, yeah, please consider joining us. We meet four to six times per year, um, and we plan ways of using our monies raised through, you know, the gas tax as well as our donations. So, and you can, you know, after the church service, you can, if you want to learn a little bit more, there is a little display over there. But thank you for your time. <laughs>